Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. What is up, everybody? Good to see you on this Friday morning after a Pels win. I know you guys are all excited about that, right? And that's why you're here to recap. No, I can't get through it. Anyway, welcome in. My name is Michael Borky. Glad to see you. I'm happy about a basketball win today, so at least let me have that one. But that's not what we're talking about here. Caleb Williams in the transfer portal. Uh, Superstar freshman quarterback from Oklahoma. Wasn't perfect, but he was... He flashed a ceiling that is higher than basically everybody in college football. So we're going to talk about him today and the possibility that he ends up playing his college football in Mississippi. It sounds crazy. Probably is crazy. However, it's possible. So we'll get into that. Also, I want to adjust the transfer portal. I think we need to make an adjustment to the transfer portal. I am very pro-player and free transfers and all that. I think it's good, honestly, for the sport in some cases. There needs to be an adjustment, though, because this is – it's when people use the – it's the wild, wild west out there. I think that's a little extreme, but it's kind of – it's crazy. It's crazy, and I think there needs to be some adjusting to ultimately protect players. We'll get to that. And then the Egg Bowl of basketballs this weekend. How much do you care about that. Also, I know some people don't like when you call it the egg bowl of basketball. I know that annoys some people. Uh, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State play basketball against each other this weekend. Call it whatever you want. I tried to make egg skit ball a thing uh, a few years ago, and luckily, thankfully, that didn't take off because how stupid does that sound? But I tried to make that a thing a few years ago, and it didn't catch on. So, a lot to talk about this morning. Glad to see you guys. Sorry for missing yesterday. Just had a couple of, uh, business things to attend to yesterday morning, but uh, glad to be back with you today. If you are on Twitter, remember you cannot comment, so hop on over to YouTube or Facebook, YouTube, Michael Borky, or Facebook. Uh, Just search my name, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the Facebook page, follow on Twitter, all under the same name, all about the brand, I suppose, and the brand is my name because I'm not creative enough to come up with anything else. Also, wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning should turn up results, or also... My name. So there you go. Caleb Williams. Um, I've had a handful of people ask me over the last 24 hours or so if Ole Miss actually has a chance at signing the former Oklahoma quarterback, who I guess could still be the Oklahoma quarterback, but that ship has sailed. He's not going to Oklahoma. It doesn't appear to be the case, especially when they immediately, when he hit the portal, got Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel didn't go to Oklahoma to ride the bench. Uh, he was he was told something about their situation, and that's why he's there. So uh, the former Oklahoma quarterback, Caleb Williams, is in the transfer portal. And when all of the initial articles came out, um, Ole Miss was kind of just thrown in there, right? Lane Kiffin's there. Matt Corral's gone. They've been portal hunting. 
kind of makes sense. But they would qualify it with USC seems to be the leading destination. Georgia's going to do some NIL stuff. And always felt like a long shot, but they kept putting Ole Miss in these things. And I I know now that a couple of people that cover the program on different platforms have said something very similar to what I'm about to say to you guys. But this is one of those things where I actually know something uh, that's I know something. I have sources. Look at me. You know, scoop sporky over here. Um, If somebody tries to tell you that Ole Miss has zero shot or that they're not in it or that it's a pipe dream or whatever. Uh, those people are wrong. Would I pick Ole Miss to be his landing spot right now? I, I would not. Uh, the field seems like a safe bet to me. However, they are very much in it. And they are, and by they, I mean anybody. It, some of the stuff that goes on in recruiting, as you guys know, in the NIL era cannot be the school itself, right? That's kind of the thing is we know that Texas, if you sign with Texas, you're going to get a fat NIL deal, but that's not Texas pushing that, although it's people that support Texas that are pushing that, so it muddies the water a little bit. Point being, what I some of the things I say, you have to just understand that it's not like Lane Kiffin doing this, okay? He's recruiting him. He's recruiting him, but I know, I know that uh, Ole Miss is competitive in terms of this recruitment. I know that Caleb Williams is, or whoever's handling it for him, is listening. Do I think he'll end up there? Again, no. I would take the field. If he said, oh, Mr. The Field, I'm picking the field. However, you have people that think that there's no shot. And based on what I know, that's wrong. They are very much in it. They are being very competitive in terms of what it will take to get his services. Um, all above board because you can do it now. That, that's the beautiful thing about college football is we can talk about this freely without anybody getting mad. It's the NIL era. This this is all legal now. Literally, it's Mississippi law, and it's also the NCAA uh, within their rules now because they dragged their feet. And I'll get to that in, in a second, by the way, um, because the NCAA – should have seen all of this coming, and they should have known it was coming and did nothing, and now all of this is their fault. If if you're complaining about NIL and players hitting the portal looking for NIL deals and all that, you can blame the NCAA. They should have seen this coming. They could have been prepared for it. They failed. But for now, this is what we, we get to talk about above board because it's all legal now. It's all legal now, and Will Wade's still coaching at LSU, and he did it literally illegally. So I think we're fine. Uh, to talk about it openly, but yeah, they're being competitive. Uh, there is, they're actually truly competitive here. Um, there are people involved with this that I think can get them. I think they're competitive here. If you rule Ole Miss out, I think you're wrong. Do I think he's going to end up there? Probably not. Do I think when even like Sporting News puts Ole Miss in the list of teams and people roll their eyes? I think those people are wrong. They have a legitimate shot at getting him as of now. Things can change. Things always change. But, um, yeah, they have a legitimate shot as of right now based on some conversations that I've had. And then hearing other people that cover the program say similar things makes me feel better. Confirmation bias and stuff like that. But, yeah, they have a shot. They're in it. They are in it. They absolutely have a shot 
at getting Caleb Williams. Will it materialize? We'll see. I mean, there are heavy hitters that want that guy's signature, and so it may be hard to fight them off. But, yeah, they're they're absolutely in it. As of 8.14 on this Friday morning, they're in it. And uh, there is mutual interest. And we'll see where it goes. But they're in it. They are absolutely in it. Anybody that tells you otherwise is lying. Or, or, or not, lying's not the best word. It is wrong. Anybody that tells you otherwise is wrong. And I don't usually go that strong with stuff. I always add qualifiers and things like that. But in this case, no, they're in it. They are absolutely in it. Rebel 21 man says, good morning, Borky. It's Friday. Let's go. Yeah, man. Feels good. Feels good. We got playoffs. Or, well, no, it's not the playoffs. But damn, does it feel like the playoffs uh, with uh, with my Saints on Sunday. I was doing a podcast interview last night, uh, and I brought this up, too. This is why I'm a proponent for college football playoff expansion with what the, the Saints are dealing with on Sunday. So can this, the New Orleans Saints win a Super Bowl? Hell no. Absolutely not. They can't win the Super Bowl this year. They can't do it. Taysom Hill's playing quarterback for them. They can't win. But this Sunday, they play in Atlanta. And at the same time, the Rams play the 49ers. If the Rams beat the 49ers and the Saints beat the Falcons, the Saints make the playoffs. And with how good they are defensively, they can win a playoff game, I think. I think they can. With how just how elite they are defensively and they're getting healthier. But this phenomenon would exist in college football as well. I am so fired up for Sunday afternoon. I'm fired up, man. Fired up to, to watch the Saints play the Falcons because the playoffs are on the line. Are they going to win the championship? No, they're not. But I'm fired up to watch this, especially after the season they've had. But I'll have two TVs up with, with Rams 49ers on one and Saints-Falcons on the other, and I'll be rooting like hell for both the Rams, obviously, and, and the Saints to win. This phenomenon could be created in college football as well. I'll use a regular season example from this past year. And sorry, State fans, I brought this up on the radio a little bit yesterday. The reason why there's been so much old Miss content from us lately is because all the dramas in Oxford. Like, State lost their inside wide receivers coach, and Makai Polk declared for the NFL draft. Everything else, though, has been expected. Charles Cross goes, but you knew that was coming. Unsurprising, expected, little drama. Like, there's no drama in Starkville whatsoever right now. So all the content's been focused on Ole Miss, and that's just kind of how things work out. This past summer, it was all state because they were making the run, winning the national championship in baseball. The, the content ebbs and flows with where the drama's at, and the drama right now is just in Oxford. So sorry about that, but that's just kind of how things have shaken out. Either way, during the season, the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game would have had playoff stakes on it. Now, you had college game day, it was a good, fun game, all that, but imagine that game, that environment, those those two teams in that environment with playoff stakes on it. Imagine what that would have done to the feeling of that game, what that would do to the feeling of the last six weeks of college football, where, no, Baylor is not winning the national championship, but when Baylor played Oklahoma at home, that was to keep them in the playoffs. That was to keep them in the playoffs. How much more fun and interesting would that game have been if you had playoff stakes on it? A lot more fun. This weekend, for me, 
I know my team's not winning the Super Bowl, but damn it, they're playing for the playoffs. And I'm going to be locked in, and, and I'm fired up. It's Friday. I'm ready for Sunday. I'm pumped up, man. That's what college football needs. That would help college football a lot, I think. The regular season's already a lot of fun and great. Add Sprinkle a little playoff stakes on some of these games and tell me they wouldn't even be more intense and more fun and more compelling. You're crazy. So, yeah, man, I'm fired up, Rebel Man. Fired up right now because uh, the Saints are going to make the playoffs. They are. And I can't wait to watch us get beat in the playoffs. But I can't wait for them to make the playoffs. Patrick says, Caleb Williams with Mario Williams along with Zach Evans in a Lane Kiffin offense. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking about this last night in that interview I did. Uh, it changes the trajectory of what you think this team is going to be if they're able to add those two guys. And uh, there's a couple more portal additions. I expect them to to add on the defensive side of the ball pretty soon. In fact, very soon. Um it changes what you think about this team. Because right now, as they currently sit, um, the ceiling for Ole Miss next year is not particularly high. I think the floor is pretty high, too, because of the way the schedule sets up. Um, but the expectations for Ole Miss going into 2022 are not particularly high. I think most people uh, you know, look at it like a 7-5, and five, maybe 6-6 six and six if things don't go right, or even 5-7 and seven if things really don't go right, or maybe they – creep up and win eight games because the non-conference schedule, they should go 4-0 and and they get Kentucky at home, although Kentucky's really good, but you get them at home and you get Vanderbilt and, you know, I don't think Auburn's going to be very good and you get them at home, uh, the Egg Bulls, stuff like that. So, but ceiling floor for Ole Miss as they currently sit in 2022's, you know, seven wins, which would be a good year after the year and losing everybody. Um, you just, you can't crater. That's that's the only thing that you hope for, you should hope for, is that they just don't crater with Luke Altmaier at quarterback and, you know, replacing a bunch of dudes. But if it's Caleb Williams and he brings in a elite-level wide receiver with him and then Zach Evans becomes eligible and qualifies and um, and can play, and then let's say Chance Campbell decides to return and you get a couple more additions from the portal that I think they're going to get and you return Otis Reese on defense and you have everybody besides Sam Williams coming back that played at the end of the season on the defensive line, which ended up being a pretty good unit. And suddenly you've got a team with a ceiling that's the same as the one they just had. That's that uh, Caleb Williams' ceiling is number one overall pick. I mean, his his raw talent is absolutely there. He's not a finished product because no freshman quarterback is a finished product. Uh, he struggled with Baylor last year. Go go watch his game against Baylor last year. That Baylor team made him look pedestrian. But you see the flashes. You see the skill set. You see the physical tools. You see the speed. You see the arm strength. Uh, he's got it all. He's, he's absolutely got it all. And it changes the ceiling of that team next year if they are able to get him. Would I be counting on it if I were if I were you guys? No, I, I would not. I would not count on it. Um, but it's not false hope either. There are people that are working hard to to get to get him, and they're they're listening, as far as I know. So there you go. Other KDs is still waiting on you to come over to Twitch, Borky. I, you know, man, I've really thought about it. I have really thought about it. Um, you know, it would be funny. So I, I do. I I do play. Like Halo. I, I was playing Call of Duty. Now Halo came out. I play Halo. 
Uh, I'm not very good, so let's let's not get it twisted. It would not be worth watching for skill, but I've I've thought about just like firing up a Twitch stream and getting like five of you guys to to watch me on Twitch. I don't know. I've thought about it. I have. Um, I just I I don't know if like the sports fan audience is on Twitch. You know, maybe they are, and maybe I'm missing something. But Memphis Rebel says people are probably going to need to halt their hopes on Arch. It's not the end of the world if and when he decides to go elsewhere. He's not the only five star recruit that year. Well, if you get Caleb Williams, then it doesn't matter. Now, and then that's a big if, of course. It's a huge if. That's the biggest. If um, it's again, I would not bet for it. If you gave me a betting slip, I would not. I would not put my money on Ole Miss. But um, yeah, and, and we'll get to the arch thing later. Uh, there, are, the reaction that people are going to have when he does not sign with Ole Miss, I think, is going to be crazy. Uh, they're going to have you're going to have reaction where people say things about the family and stuff, and it's just I don't think it's it's right. Uh, he is a kid after all, but anyway, we'll get to that later when, when things start materializing a little bit. Um, the expectation is he will commit to his school of choice though, at some point this year before the season begins. So get your popcorn ready. You put that type of quarterback, Katie says with a coach that builds an offense around them, like Kiffin, and you have a good combination, no doubt. After Williams, what other quarterbacks are currently in the portal worth going after? Uh, none. None, honestly. Uh, you know, maybe there's a couple more out there that would enter. Uh, they, they have to sign one just because they you can't go into a season with two scholarship quarterbacks. Now, you'll get another wave of guys hitting the portal after spring practice doesn't go their way or something like that, but... Um, and yeah, you're right. Caleb will probably leave after two years. That that's I would expect that. I wouldn't expect anything else. I wouldn't expect you to have Zach Evans for more than one year either. I think he's a one year rental, honestly. Um, but anyway, uh, right now there aren't any quarterbacks in the portal worth going after to like come in and start. I mean, maybe guys will be comfortable coming in and entering a competition with Altmeyer, but no, there's there's not a guy in the portal right now that's like a plug-and-play starter. Um, you know, like Auburn gets Zach Calzada, but if Calzada came to Ole Miss, I, I wouldn't expect him to be the starter next year. Um, what, a, what a weird, weird pickup that is for Auburn. Um, I, I guess Bo Nix was leaving regardless. He had to have been leaving regardless because they downgraded in terms of ability at the quarterback position. Maybe I'm wrong, and you can bookmark this and all that, like I said the other day, but um, if that's who Auburn is depending on to them finishing seventh in the West is what I expect. And adding Calzada only affirmed that to me. Um, Only affirmed that to me. But yeah, Williams is, I mean, he'd be a two-year guy. I think Evans is a one-year rental, honestly. Um, but it shows, like I said the other day, guys, this shows why it's not bad to finish second recruiting anymore. Because when the guy hits the portal, he remembers the relationship he had with you first, right? That's how, almost didn't sign Zach Evans at first. He ended up at almost anyway. Works out. And who's to say Arch lights the world on fire and ultimately decides to transfer to Ole Miss? Uh, well, hell, if he goes to Georgia, they've got, three other five stars on campus too. So quarterback recruiting is something that hasn't 
caught up with the times. You've got these programs that are able to stockpile five stars, and then the five star goes to a school like Ohio State where there's three other five stars in front of them at the position that only one guy plays during the course of a game, and they wonder why I'm not playing, and then they transfer out. That's the one thing that hasn't caught up yet. If you're an elite-level five-star quarterback, why would you go to Georgia or Ohio State when there's four other five stars in front of you? It's crazy to me. Your your first round pick at quarterback, the first round picks are going to come from Pittsburgh, Old Miss, maybe Liberty, but that would be a mistake. Uh what? North Carolina maybe if he tests well. I mean, look at the the schools that are going to have the first round picks at quarterback. You don't have to play at Ohio State to become a first round pick. Ohio State quarterbacks have largely been awful in the NFL. I mean, it's Justin Fields, and then who? I mean, you you can go all the way back 10-plus years. What is it, Troy Smith that's had the best NFL career for an Ohio State quarterback? It just It's not a requirement. You can go somewhere early and produce and get coached well and be on the NFL's radar. Instead, these guys go to Ohio State and set the bench forever and then end up transferring to Florida or whatever, and then possibly sitting the bench at Florida because Anthony Richardson's still there. Quarterback recruiting's bizarre. Uh, I mean, you would think these guys would just want to go somewhere. Well, well, they'll go play, but but they don't, and it comes back to bite them, and you get guys like Quinn Ewers that transfer and Jack Miller that transfer, and Georgia's got a bunch of five stars, and two of them will transfer. and Just how it goes, I guess. They'll figure it out eventually. They'll figure it out eventually. So anyway, yeah, uh, 20 minutes, 20 minutes in, 22 minutes in, and long-winded way to say Ole Miss is absolutely in it. Absolutely in it for Caleb Williams. Uh, they are. They are being quite competitive in terms of his recruitment, and uh, I think they have a shot. Maybe it's a long shot. Maybe it's crazy, but they have a shot, and I uh, – I know that for sure. So anyway, uh, the portal's crazy, by the way. And, I, you know, who am I, right? I do a, a YouTube stream with you guys in the morning to 400 subscribers. Uh, by the way, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends, please. And then I'm on the radio in the afternoons in, in Mississippi on 13 stations. Um, I would like to think I do a pretty good job and, and understand what I'm doing and know what I'm doing and, and do it well. I would like to think that, but at the end of the day, I'm just a, a guy in his late 20s in Mississippi just talking sports with, with you guys. Even I knew years ago, years ago, that NIL and penalty-free transfers were coming to college football. I knew this years ago. Years ago, I knew this. And yet, the NCAA did nothing. Mark Emmert, the head of the NCAA, is making a few million dollars a year in salary. And did nothing. And did nothing. And continued to to do nothing. And then just let it happen. And then is now calling on Congress to do his job for him. I could not think of a more incompetent group of people than Congress to help the second most incompetent group of people in the NCAA to fix college sports. I knew this was coming years ago. I could have done something 
if I was making millions of dollars a year to be the head of the NCAA, to stop it being crazy like it is. And it's crazy. And honestly, I think it's out of control. It is it is out of control. And I'm a supporter of player freedom. I think they should be allowed to do what they want. If a coach can up and leave whenever he wants, then the player should be allowed to do the same thing. A regular student can transfer schools whenever they want. Um, so, so why can't, why couldn't? The players. So I support it, but there needs to be an amendment. There needs to be a window. There needs to be a window because right now this is nuts. And the fact that you've got players hitting the portal during the season and still playing with their teams while they're getting recruited by other teams while they're playing for theirs, um, there needs to be a window. And we've got precedent for a window. You've got it in the NFL. You can't just sign other teams' players right now in the NFL. There, there's a window for when this happens, and that's a professional league where everybody's getting paid. Um, I saw Ross Dellinger say this morning that the reason they didn't implement something like this in college was because they were afraid of litigation. Well, when have you? Why is that stopping you now? I mean, get over it, fight it. Um, you have recruiting windows. So why is transfer portal window something you're afraid of in litigation? You have precedent in the NFL. You have your own precedent in recruiting. They, there needs to be a window. There needs to be a transfer window because this is kind of insane. Uh, do it January 5th or or you can do it at the beginning of December when everybody's regular season is over. I, I would argue it should be in a perfect world after their final game, whether it be bowl game, or if they don't qualify for a bowl, end of the regular season. But I would do a window January 5, or the first Monday in January, and have that extend until the end of March. That's when you can hit the portal. That's when schools can recruit you while you're in the portal, and you have to sign by a certain date, just like in regular recruiting. That's what I would do to stop some of this craziness, because this is insane, and there's no time limit. You can enter the portal whenever. You can sign whenever. You can just, players are just moving around and moving around and moving around constantly everywhere, all the time, always. And guys are getting left in the dark uh, with no place to go. And guys are getting tampered with. And I know that's never going to change. It's always, Tampering's always been a thing, despite what some people in this state will try to tell you about tampering. It's always been a thing, including the school that they cover, read, are fans of. Uh, they tamper too. And that's okay. I mean, that, that's how it's been. You got to play the game and the game plays you, right? But there needs to be a window where you strictly enforce tampering as best as you can outside of this window. But the window begins, the portal opens on January 5th, and it closes on March 31st. That's, that's what needs to be done. Because this is crazy to me. And there, uh, just a little bit of oversight can keep the player freedom and also control some of the, the craziness. Because this is kind of out of control uh, right now. It's out of control. Memphis Rebel says, I've heard the NIL deal isn't a problem with possibly getting Williams until somebody offers something ungodly and stupid. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is I mean, it's college football, right? There can always be more. And until he, you know, enrolls somewhere, people are going to continue to try for his services. But as I understand it, Ole Miss is trying to a point that would surprise some people in a good way. Do I see Zach Evans being like an Alvin Kamara type back? That's a really good comp. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is it's it's only been two years, but Kamara can stay on the field. So skill set, yeah. I mean, they look 
similar with what they're able to do. Um, I read somebody that was doing a little scouting report yesterday that said Zach Evans, if he plays an entire season at Ole Miss, will likely be the second running back taken off the board. That's where his upside is. The problem is keeping him on the field. Uh, just just hasn't played full seasons at TCU. And there's people that cover that team have said some things about a lack of desire and stuff like that, questioning you know work ethic and availability and stuff like that. Um, if he plays a full season, that's the kind of upside that you'll see with a player like him. If he plays a full season, that's his upside. That good. Um, I don't think it's a hot take to say he's the most talented running back that will ever have played at the school. Will that talent turn into production? We'll see. But the the raw ability is unbelievable for that dude. It's just being available. Will he get academically eligible, which I ex- I expect that to happen. Uh, these things tend to work themselves out, and they tend to find ways to get these kids eligible. I don't know if you've noticed that. There are very few academic issues, and when those arise, the reaction is, how in the hell does that happen, considering how they're able to get these kids eligible? I expect a, a similar thing here, but it's being available. Will he be available? If the answer is yes, he's better than anybody in that running back room last year if he's available. But that's the question. Joseph says, get a cutoff date for portal players December 1st till February 1st. Yeah, something like that. Something like that I think would be fine. Uh, Memphis Rebels says, imagine if they had a national transfer signing day. The NBA does it. The NFL does it. You've got free agency. I mean, it's it's a huge spectacle when NFL and NBA free agency begins. It's a huge spectacle. I mean, my God, they've got in the studios at ESPN, Rachel Nichols, may her career rest in peace, um, had a little buzzer on her desk that when a player would sign, they'd hit it and like smoke and lights and all this stuff would happen. I mean, they they made a charade out of it. So it, it already happens in sports. What the hell? Do it for, for this too. At least it would be structured. And that's what college football to me is missing uh right now is structure uh i'm good with the freedom i'm good with nil if in fact caleb williams is going to a place that's going to give him the biggest nil deal good for you man because a a guy could dive at your knees when you're running for a first down and end your career forever so capitalize when you can when i was 19 i was free to make as much money as i wanted to why couldn't he so i support all this it needs structure though it needs structure badly And the NCAA is just an incompetent, pathetic group of people that can't do anything. I knew, I knew this was coming years ago. And I don't get paid millions of dollars to legislate the NCAA like he does. And I knew this was coming. They're a pathetic joke. And the fact that school presidents keep signing off on his raises is is really pathetic. It is. Because uh, he has that organization has no business overseeing college sports with the way they run it. None. Zero. Uh, would he be the first across the board five star running back Ole Miss has had? No. Uh, I know Enrique Davis was one. Uh, there's a couple more. I, I had a, I'll pull them up right now in a, in a group message I'm in. There's a couple more that I, you know, honestly, names that didn't really ring a bell to me. Um, it didn't ring a bell to me that, yeah, there has been five-star running backs at Ole Miss before. A um, little bit different in this case, though. A little bit different in this case. I'm trying to pull them up. 
I can't remember who they were. But either way, I, I know Enrique Davis was uh, was a five-star. Uh, okay, Darius Barksdale was not a five-star, but he was a uh, high-profile recruit. Uh, Ronald McClendon? Yeah, yeah, Garrett got it. Ronnie McClendon, yeah. That's uh, class of 2002. <laughs> 20 years ago. But yeah, so um, not the first anyway. Not uh, Not the first. William says, did you see Kiffin troll freeze with his fish? Yeah, that was really funny. And I am shocked that Hugh Freeze and the people at Liberty did not handle that well. Shocked that they didn't handle that well and got up in their feelings. And by the way, I I will say this. Because remember after the Ole Miss Twitter account, which is run by like a 22-year-old, you know, who does a really good job, uh, had some fun with the Hugh Freeze thumbs up picture after the game and uh, the facts about a violation tweet or whatever. Remember what Lane Kiffin said, his statement after the game about that? How how hard he came at his social media manager, the 22-year-old or whatever, who he's probably never met. The, the harsh nature of he and Keith Carter's statements about that. But yet Lane trolls Hugh Freeze directly, uh, mocking him about not being in the SEC anymore and holding up a bigger fish. So so it's bad when the 22-year-old does it with a cool Photoshop after you win a game and you come at him harshly, but you can do it and it's all good? Come on, man. I, I thought that the the statements after the Liberty tweets were so freaking lame and, and it's honestly kind of sad and pathetic. But it's especially sad when you go troll him. But So it's okay when you do it, adult man in your 40s, but it's not okay when the social media manager does it. Give me a break. G- give me a break. So it was funny. I laughed, but it also reminded me of when they they made that poor social media manager feel like absolute crap for being funny online when you do the exact same thing a few months later. You're probably you know a few margaritas deep in the Bahamas or whatever the hell you're doing, but come on, man. Coming in late, don't know... If it's been brought up, any truth to the Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles rumors? Uh, as far as I know, no. Uh, that was a fake Bo Mattingly account with the Barry Odom thing. Uh, but Arkansas, something's going on at Arkansas. Something's going on at Arkansas. They have had like their entire secondary hit the transfer portal. Like their whole secondary. Uh, there's rumors that, and that's all they are, and you never know if they're true or not, but you've got people talking about K.J. Jefferson leaving Arkansas. But, like, they have lost a lot in the portal, especially, like, starters on on defense. Something weird's going on there, and, you know, rumors are that it's a staff member or whatever, uh, but who knows how true it is. Either way, starters are hitting the portal at Arkansas. Starters. Like, for State, when Aaron Brule hits the portal, when Aaron Odom hits the portal, those guys were backup guys. Um, you expected more out of Brule going into the season, but he kind of lost his spot in the rotation. So him hitting the portal doesn't mean like, oh, what's going on there in Starkville when Aaron Odom hits the portal? Th- these two guys weren't, they, they lost their playing time. And Ole Miss, um, uh, Bryce Ramsey, you know, uh, Ja'Cory Hawkins, those guys don't play. That's why they're hitting the portal. That, that's not a sign of something wrong. Thumbs up at Arkansas. Good players, starters leaving something's up there something's definitely up there
Yeah, Ely was not a consensus, but he was a five-star somewhere. Yeah, Garrett, the irony. Seriously. I mean, it just absolutely threw the social media manager under the bus. Oh, that's not who we are. And I apologize to him right away. But then you go troll him on yourself. Come on, dude. Come on. Yeah, but it is late. I mean, at least, yeah, he put his name on it. But I I laughed. I mean, it's funny. It's really funny. And then, of course, they didn't take it well, because of course not. Why have fun on Twitter when you can get up in your feelings on Twitter? Uh, Anyway. We live in an age of trolling. As long as it's not vulgar or attack someone personally, let it go. Most are fairly funny. Yeah, and that's the thing that social media accounts do that. I think it's funny. Uh, you know, they use puns on their opponents' names and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It's 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 sports. It's fun. The social media account can take a little shot at their opponent when they win games. So what? It's Twitter. Anyway. Are you guys going to watch the uh, Egg Bowl of basketball this weekend? You guys going to watch it? I'm going to because I, like, have to, you know? I have to with with my current job. I have to watch this game, and I'll put a uh, post-game article on the website maybe. But, yeah. Here's the thing. This is a big game for Mississippi State. And it's always a big game for both because, you know, it's a rivalry game and stuff like that. But this isn't a big game for Ole Miss aside from the fact that it's a rivalry game. Ole Miss is not making the NCAA tournament. It's not going to happen. So it's a big game because it's a rival and stuff, sure. But it doesn't. a win doesn't get you anything here, to tell you the truth. It's, it's not going to. Was Twitter originally supposed to be a lighthearted thing? I don't know, but it is now. Or it should be now. What a weird website that is with the way people act on there. You know, what a weird place. My gosh. Um, people were up in their feelings yesterday on Twitter because people were posting their scores in that new word game that everybody's playing on the anniversary of January 6th. It's insensitive to post these things on this day of mourning. Like, get over yourself. Good God. Anyway, um, this is a big game for Mississippi State, though. Because... I need. I should have had this pulled up. Let me pull up the net. Um, Ole Miss will not help Mississippi State in the net at all. Uh, it is a road game, so you know that that won't hurt you. But this is the kind of game that Ben Hallen has failed to win at Mississippi State. Game one against Ole Miss for Ben Hallen has been brutal. Honestly, I mean, he's got. If you looked at the game one for Ben Hallen and his record. At Mississippi State. It's been awful. It's, it's really been awful. Um, he has struggled with Ole Miss. And right now in the net, Ole Miss is not, they're not bad. They're 122. Uh, so a loss wouldn't destroy you here, but you don't want to lose this game. And Mississippi State currently sits at 39. Mississippi State has to win this game. Ben Hallen has to win this game. They are a good team. Are they a great team? No, but they are a good team and they have some talent and they can win enough games to make the tournament, and their metrics are good. The strength of schedule for State is good. Sitting at 39 in the net while only playing one SEC game is very good for State. That net will continue to increase as long as they win games, and I think they're capable of doing so. They've got a pretty good – they're pretty good. There's a lot of talent there. They are capable of winning these games. 
but you have to do it. And the fans are still kind of wait and see on him. Like, you know, not sure. They're really not showing up to games. The arena's empty. They just really don't care. But they beat Arkansas. They're, they're lucky that they didn't have to play Missouri this week because Missouri, as of right now, is 241 in the net. They should just hope that game gets canceled. But this is the kind of game that can start drawing people back in. That can start drawing you back in. So Ben Helen needs to win this game. The pressure is all on Ben Halland, with the exception of, you know, hot seat conversation, if you guys want to get into that. Uh, maybe do that at a later date. I would like to get deeper into conference play before we start doing that. But um, either way, Ben Halland has to win this game. He has to win this game. Uh, if he's going to make the tournament, he has to win this game. If he's going to get his fans back, he has to win this game. So it's huge for Ben Halland. But outside of that, not a whole lot of interest there. How long do I give Kermit? Um, definitely next year. He'll get next season. But offense there is concerning. The basketball IQ. And look, you can only coach. You you can't make them do it. But that, that offense is awful. To, it's horrible to watch. Horrible. And yeah, they were playing without Jarkel Joyner and uh, Ruffin was on the bench in that final sequence. But that, man, uh, th- that whole game offensively for Ole Miss was just brutal. And when you combine losses with brutal offense, people are going to check out and stop caring. Basketball, what's that? <laughs> hey, the Pelicans won. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Um. Yeah, zero basketball IQ, Joseph. It, it, horrible offensively. Horrible. Possessions where, I mean, they, they would just pass it back and forth at the top of the key and then realize that they were out of time and jack up a 38-footer without even going towards the basket once. It's terrible. Almost baseball preseason number 10, should you believe the hype? I mean, they're always good. That's the thing. They're always good. Wake me up in June. But, yeah, I mean, they, they should be – among the best offenses in college baseball. It's whether or not they get the pitching. Twitter is a cesspool. Absolutely. It's a cesspool. How hot is it? Uh, tell me how they finish conference play. But, yeah, people are getting frustrated, but he'll get next year, no doubt, unless they, like, lose every single game in conference and players quit. Uh, that's the only way that that will change, but he'll get next year for sure. Does almost have their whole roster? We'll see about Joiner's health. Uh, but the two guys that were in COVID protocol for the Tennessee game probably weren't going to play anyway. So, uh, so yeah, if Joiner's back, then yeah, it's their entire rotation anyway that will be available. Do you think this is Howland's last year no matter what? No, I don't. I do not think this is Howland's last year no matter what. If they make the tournament, he will return. Uh, and I think, I think it's a tournament team. I do. I, I really do. But uh, no, I, I don't think this is his last year no matter what. And I think Rick Pitino is untouchable. I could be wrong. I would honestly, in the NIL era, look, I, I know it's you, you would love to hire people with great integrity and stuff to, to lead your programs. I know that's a very noble cause. Do you want to win? If you want to win, Rick Pitino will win. Yeah. Does he have scandal? NCAA and otherwise, yeah. Is he a really, forgive my language, is he a really shitty person? Yeah. Will he win a lot and right away? 
and recruit NBA caliber players and beat everybody with them? Yeah. So what do you want? Do you want to feel good about the kind of person your coach is or do you want your coach to win? So I would hire him. I think he's untouchable, though. I do. But I would hire him because I want to win. Memphis Rebel says, it's a wait-and-see thing. They could have good enough season to host a regional and super regional, but lose the super regional. Yeah, they should be very good. I saw a lot of state fans were upset about not being preseason number one in the first ranking that came out. But, um, you know, there are other good teams in college baseball also. You're still a top 10 team, and you'll be top 10 or 5 in every ranking, and you're gonna still going to be very good. But there are other teams that are also very good in college baseball. It's okay. It's it's okay. But, yeah, both teams in this state are going to be very, very good. And um, Ole Miss is going to be defined by what they do in the postseason. That's it. That's all. Uh, nobody is going to get excited about regular season series wins like they have in the past. At least in Ole Miss. Ole Miss is basically trying to get Barney Ferrer again. Yeah, and they should. They should. They If he would come back, Lane Kiffin should hire him. Well, but he's got NCAA trouble. So what? Will Wade's still coaching at LSU. Paying players is legal now. You can do it. It's encouraged. You're supposed to do it now. If you're not doing it, you're getting left behind. DJ Uyunglele was doing Dr. Pepper commercials. Yeah, so what? He has NCAA stuff in his past. Who cares? Hire him. Hire him. Is he going to help you get players? Yes, hire him. Yeah, but oh, he got in trouble with the NCAA. So what? They can't do anything. And he got a raw deal. He got a raw deal. And he was treated terribly. And and took it. And and he took it, despite he could have burned the whole damn world down. And he chose not to. So reward him with a job and get players. Do you want to win or not? If you fire Ben Howell in Mississippi State, do you want to win or not? Hire Rick Pitino. Do it. Win. Do it. Um, This year, Memphis Rebel, this year, if they don't, this year will be. This year. Would he want to? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The right people are gone to make that happen. And most places wouldn't, uh, wouldn't touch him anyway. And that's not fair, but most places wouldn't. Turtle says, Will Wade, John Calipari, Bruce Pearl aren't the greatest of people, but everybody likes them because they win. No doubt. <laughs> Look at Urban Meyer. You've got college fan bases all over the country that want their program to hire Urban Meyer. Why? Because he'll win. When Urban Meyer went to Ohio State, everybody knew he was a, he wasn't a good guy. But what did he do at Ohio State? He won. That's how things go. Wins over everything. You can argue that that's morally whatever. Winning's fun. I like to win. So, anyway. Y'all have a great weekend. Try to enjoy the basketball egg bowl as much as you can. Ben Howland needs this one. He needs this one badly. And uh, we'll see if he can get it done. And uh, we'll be on Caleb Williams' watch. And you've got the national championship on Monday. So we'll talk about that on Monday. In the meantime, y'all be good. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. And I'll talk to you again on Monday.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.